FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Georgia Byrne and Father Rob Gallia, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Welcome to Holy Week, everyone. Alyssa here with Father Rob. Excited to be journeying towards Easter Sunday with you this week. Yeah, already Easter. And we're in Holy... This is, I, I find it a bit weird. <laughs> There's always this episode, this time of the year, because we're like in the in the middle of preparing for the death of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus, and then we're talking about the resurrection yes, today. Yes, it's going Because this coming's gospel. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a step ahead. We're prophesying for you. We That's don't, right. <laughs> don't want to ruin the story for you, but it ends with a resurrection. <laughs> good, good news, great news. Amazing news. Um. Yeah, so we hope you are enjoying your Holy Week. We're in the middle of our Holy Week retreat online with FRG Ministry. There is so much going on, but um, yeah. And if times. you still want to register, there might still be place. If not, you have nothing to lose anyway. We'll send you an email to tell you that. Sorry, it's full up. We have, um, I think, 3,000 people at this retreat. This is It's just absolutely incredible. And so if you still want to sign up, still want to be part of this uh, retreat, even though it has started, um, go to courses.frgministry.com forward slash register. We'd love to have you. We'd love to um, for you to experience this time of being generous with God with us. Yes. So we have a lot to talk about today. So let's get straight into it. We are at the end of the Gospel of Mark today. So we're reading from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 18. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now after he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went out and told those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After this, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Later, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and stubbornness, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, 
but the one who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So beautiful. Just It's like this scripture verse today, this Sunday. I'm sure your priests will um, have a lot to choose from this Sunday. Um, I think there are two major parts of this gospel. There's the first part of the gospel, which is the witness of the resurrection. And then the second part is the commission of the resurrection, or the consequence of the resurrection. And it's divided from verses 1 to 8, which um, talk about the experience of the men and women experiencing the the resurrection. And then from 9 until I think it's 18. Yeah. that's the also, and then talks about what now, okay, now that you've experienced the resurrection, now what? Here's what, what you need to do about it. Yeah. And I, I remember Alyssa reading a book. I don't even know if you have heard, but this was when I was younger. It was called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. You no, know, I think there was a board game that was, that had that title. Yeah. Um, that's all I remember. But it's, it I haven't was written, read the book. Yeah, it was about the psychologist saying how a man could say the same thing but mean something different, or <laughs> a woman would say the same thing. It's just how different we are living on different planets sometimes. Yeah. And and yet, every one of us is so important. I think it just, uh, this is what Jesus, I think, is also the author is pointing out that the the witness of the, the resurrection and the the fruit of the resurrection needs both men and women. But who was the first to experience the resurrection? Yeah, so I think it's a really interesting point that we should bring out that this gospel starts off with the three women who brought the spices and oils to anoint the body um, of Jesus. Um, and so I guess, you know, their devotion and their faithfulness to Jesus, it's it's them give, performing that one more act of kindness towards him. But then it's really um, interesting to compare this to the reaction of like Jesus's uh, male disciples who fled <laughs> um, when Jesus was arrested and crucified. So the, so the men ran away and the women just stayed there and they were faithful and they were just saying, oh, okay, while the men are in hiding, we're going to do what we need to do. That's right. How, how beautiful. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just see this so much in the way men act and react and we're, we're sometimes <laughs> hot-headed, at least I am, and then I throw away the baby with the bathwater. Well, the, the woman remains stable faithful and, and just deals with it and does what she has to do. Yes, and, yeah. this, is, and sometimes this is the problem, I suppose, is when we silence the voice of women and I'm very passionate about in the church how we need to hear the prophetic voice of women more because they were the first they were the ones who were like we'll see later on they were told go and tell Peter and the disciples go go and proclaim the gospel they were the first given the commission but yet sometimes as a church we tend to silence women maybe we we do a little bit um, a bit yeah but but the church is more full of women than it is men yes it's I feel like it's a bit, um, if if women led the church in some areas, I think we'd be in a better spot. <laughs> oh, controversy, controversy. <laughs> but that's good. It might be it might be very true, actually. But we'll see. Or, or maybe we won't see. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is getting awkward now. It is a little because bit. We, we, might, we, we might get a, um, a letter from the Vatican. But this is so true. And this is a, just on a side note, how, how important it is for women to raise their voice, to be a loud voice in the church, to, to, to raise your voice, not in protest, but in proclaiming Jesus, in proclaiming what you have experienced, uh, the resurrected Christ. Anyway, we'll go back to you, Alyssa, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, 
you're giving me, I'm a woman, you're giving me a voice to speak. How <laughs> oh, exciting. Okay, um, one, one point that I kind of took out of this gospel as well. So we know that the women went to the tomb at the earliest possible opportunity that they could. Um, and the sun was rising. And, and mm. Mark writes this in his gospel. Um, and that's kind of like a, it, it hints at the fact that, that darkness has been overcome. Mm. You know, and I guess another connection we can make is to the to the first day. It's the first day of the week. And if we go back to Genesis when, you know, God created the world, on the first day God created the light. Mm-hmm. There's these connections to the sun, like the physical sun, but then the sun who is Jesus. S-O-N, yes. Yes. Um, some cool connections there. Yes. So, and it's it's the rising. Um, yeah. So, it's just talking about a new dawn, a new beginning. Um, also, the resurrection, of course, the symbolism there, baptism as well, rising up. Um, after being baptized, new life, new birth. And it's the Sunday. It's the day after the Sabbath. So it's just saying, it's just also the author's way of saying, this is the third day. The actual two days have passed full, fully and now the third day has begun. And so that's also the prophecy as well, being fulfilled that he will be, that he says that, that I will d- destroy the temple and raise it up in three that's days. Right. So that's also, that Mark is also emphasizing the, the fulfillment of that prophecy through the rising of the sun. Yeah, um, and even so, these these women they've they've gone first thing in the morning to the tomb, and all they can think about as they're on their way to the tomb is, oh my gosh, this stone! Like this, mm. and maybe you could tell us what are some points about the stone. Well, it was a, like a wagon wheel. You know, you you see it in movies sometimes. If you go to Jerusalem, actually, the, the there's a two places where there's the resurrection they say happened okay so the catholics have a place where the resurrection happened and the anglicans have a place where the resurrection Ooh, happened i didn't know that i've so, been to the catholic one but <laughs> yeah so like the but the anglicans have kept the stone there so that round Ooh. stone so if you go to the place of where the anglicans believe the resurrection happened um there's this huge like wagon wheel stone which you see in movies but it was also it's in in a groove so you couldn't just roll it even if you had 10 people pushing against it you, it had to be done in a certain direction and in a certain way and the women knew they were worried they were, the only way they would get in is if there were other men around to help them move the stone so they were concerned that we're going to walk all this way with these spices and possibly not get in to anoint the dead body of Jesus yeah, so like, yeah, they were they were really worried about this, and that heavy stone can symbolise, you know, the powerlessness of um, human resources against death itself. But when the women arrive, they look up, and looking up is like a sign of looking up to God, and they see that the thing they were most concerned about—it's already been done. Yes. You know what I mean? And like God's God stepped in and already done what seemed to have been impossible. So He's doing that here in the resurrection, and He can do that. In, in our lives as well. And isn't this so so true? Sometimes we worry about so many things. Last night, for example, I worried that we have a staff day coming up and I literally didn't sleep all night. Oh, no. Just, just thinking, <laughs> thinking, okay, we need to organize, reorganize. And I started to worry about things and I did pray throughout the night. I said, God, look after it. But by the time I woke up in a place of reason, in a sense, it had all already been sorted. It had, it, it, it's, it made its way. I received an email from, from my assistant and like, Everything had been sorted, organized. And so sometimes we worry. We worry so much about the big stone and God has already rolled away. The stone has already prepared a way for us. If only we could learn to trust the Lord more in, in our own lives. And we That's constantly a... need to be reminded, don't we? Like, yes. Like hourly for me. Yes, all the time because yeah. we, we, we are a living sacrifice. We put ourselves on the altar, but we crawl off. We're always, always running away from, from the promise of God. 
But yeah, God is patient with us. And then a beautiful example here of God's patience is the commission. When he, the first commission to the women, he says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. And which is something beautiful as well, because who is essentially, who is he telling them to tell? Who's going to be the people who are going to, you know, take the church to the next yes. level? But they were people who were disloyal to Jesus. Yep. You know, the, the women were faithful to Jesus. They were there by the cross of, of Jesus. They were there being the first without any guilt or shame going to anoint the body of Jesus. But then on the, behind the scenes, or there are these disloyal men who ran away naked. Others betrayed Jesus three times. Uh, and uh, other people just scattered and ran away. And what does the angel say? He says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. And I just see there that he's giving the good news and the concern of God was not to punish the sins of those who had betrayed him, but it was to console those who were feeling remorse, those who were feeling shame. And it's just so beautiful. Jesus is more eager to, to comfort the penitent sinner than he is to punish our sin. And like, it just, I don't know, I just, I, that he would trust the, the the disciples, the messed up disciples in their defeat, in their whole field of defeat. And he didn't say, oh, okay, okay, I'm going to trust those like John who, who stayed faithful. No, he trusted the, the messed up ones because God doesn't remove his anointing even when we mess up. Yeah. And that's, yeah, such a beautiful really promise. Really beautiful, isn't it? Um. Yeah, so I guess that another way we can look at these women is that they're the apostle to the apostles. Mm. I thought that was a pretty cool term. Um, and even another theme that we've been seeing, uh, we've seen through the Gospel of Mark, we've spoken about this messianic secret. Before it was the right time, Jesus would perform his miracles and do all of his healings, but he would tell those, don't tell anyone yes. about it, so that it could be revealed properly at the like right time. Like the transfiguration time. and so many exactly. of the miracles. the healing of the leper I think we spoke leper, about yeah. as well. But even though Jesus had given these people this command, some of these people didn't really listen to him and they still went and told mm-hmm. people what Jesus had done for them. But then now let's look at this here. So the women are told, go and tell um, the disciples and Peter. But you know, they're so amazed, like amazed with it, with a sense of fright, but also amazed at a sense of like awe, you know, at, God, um, at God's power. Um, and even though, yeah, so Jesus had, he, let's start again. The women had been told, go and say all of these things, but then it's like this messianic secret thing is reversed because the women don't go and, yes. and do anything <laughs> so, about it. <laughs> so first he tells the guys, don't go and tell anyone, and they tell everyone. Then he tells the women, go tell someone, and, and they, they don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, like I thought like that's a major like facepalm moment for Jesus, seriously. Yeah, so <laughs> like, oh like, my goodness, how many <laughs> times, what am I going to do with these people? <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is just so beautiful that God trusts us okay, in, in our brokenness with messed up people, you know. And he didn't have a plan B if the women didn't go and tell. There wasn't a plan B. If the disciples didn't go out and proclaim the gospel, there wasn't a plan B. So God trusts us in, in our brokenness. And yeah. But yeah, we I guess there wasn't a plan B, but we know that the plan A kind of worked because there was there was the fact the very fact that there was an, a Christian community in those early days is just testament to Yes, um, Jesus fulfilling his promises. Uh, and I think this is one of the things as well that um, c- coming to 
the plan A worked out, but it didn't work out perfectly. Like the results were perfect because of the spirit, but God was able to use the brokenness of our humanity, the That's imperfection right. of who we are to create and to do something that um, evangelized the whole world, that changed the whole world. And 2021 plus years later, we're, we're still we're still going strong. We're still growing in the Lord and His love because of the resurrection. Let's get, just an interesting fact before we transition as well to the, the thing of the commission. Just uh, um, technical things here. Um, this book of Mark, actually the book of Mark, the original text of Mark. So there was the original text and then there was a second part of the text, which was added later. Mm-hmm. So the original text actually ends in verse 8. It ends pretty abruptly as well. Um, it's kind of like Mark is inviting the reader on this journey and it's like, Jesus is risen, what are you going to do with it? Mm. But then this second part kind of talks about what happens next and, and how the disciples And this reacted. is from verses 9 to 20, which was added on later. So it, maybe it was a lost part of the document which was later found or maybe it was um, something that w- was added on later. And so we come to this point. Why was it added on later? Is there anything? Why didn't Mark or the the author of Mark or the publishers of Mark leave it as it is? Um, I'm not sure, but I do know that. <laughs> um, I had eggs for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> no, I do know that um, these extra verses were kind of compiled based on um, resurrection stories and accounts that happened in some of the other Gospels. Yes. Um, yes. So what happens is now look. The, so the Mark left off by saying, "Hey, um, I've, um, I've the, the resurrection has happened. Now this is what I want you to do about it." So the author of Mark, the last part, he reads, um, no, he reads Matthew and he reads Luke because they're all they're what we call synoptic gospels. They read each other and they fed off each other. They read each other's texts, but they also had another source, which is called, technically, it's called the Q source, a source which we don't know what it is, where it is. But there must have been another source from which um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke got their information from. And um, they gathered, so basically this guy, the author, maybe Mark, maybe Mark's disciples, did a summary of what is what the resurrection means. Now that you've experienced the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, here's what you need to do from now on. And so what do we need to do from now on? We need to go and tell everyone this good news because it's um, God, you know, he's opened the gates to, to heaven for us. And this is not only for the chosen people, but this is for everybody, Jews and Gentiles, as we have said mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. So just how amazing that our church's calendar and readings just have been preparing us for this moment so perfectly. Yes, exactly. And so we come to this place where we're asked to do a certain number of things now. So these are the things that we're asked to do in verses 9 to verse 20. But we're in today's gospel, we're up to verse 18. 18. So the first thing that Jesus tells us to do is to go and preach. There's a preaching task. And to go and tell the story of the good news. This is the responsibility of every single Christian. Whether you have the gift of speaking or not. Whether you have a podcast or not. Whether you have a platform or not. Whether you have the gift of the gab or not. You are called to preach. And to preach doesn't mean to to tell people and to be didactic and to, to be condescending. But to preach means to tell the world about what Jesus has done for you. Yeah. Tell the world about what the resurrection means for you. 
There's, uh, I think one of the things that I uh, often cringe about is a quote which is attributed to St. Francis, which I don't believe that he actually said it. But it says this, it says, um, preach the gospel and if you have to use words. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like that. First of all, yes, that is true. That is absolutely true. But two, we do need to use words. Yeah. And because it's a clear, he says, to go out and proclaim the gospel. Um, we need to use words. Sometimes we don't, true, but it doesn't mean you never talk about Jesus. If you've never talked about Jesus, if you've never spoken to people about the love of Jesus, let's put, let me put, let me rephrase it. If you have experienced the resurrection of Christ, you cannot keep quiet. Exactly. Yeah. You need to go and tell the world. Another task is a healing task. Mm -hmm. We, we're called to heal people. We're called to be, um, the healing hands and the healing feet of Jesus. As a Christian, this is our responsibility to pray for the sick. If those who are sick, Jesus still heals today. Jesus healed the people. Now, because of the resurrection, we have that same power living in us. That we are to continue that great commission. And part of the preaching of the gospel, you see, Christianity is not only concerned with the soul of the people. But it's also concerned with the body. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have healed that many people. Yeah. It's concerned with the mind. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have con uh, consoled those who were mourning. You know, he, he was there to heal people. And he wants us to be healthy in, in mind, body and spirit. And so I know Father Rob's dying to talk about this exercise. That's important. Preservation, you see, because this is why I, I don't understand. We're all open to the idea of God healing us miraculously. But we're not ready to put in the hard yards to maintain our health as much as we can by exercising and eating healthy. Now you think, oh, it's more important to look after our soul. But no, according to the gospel, Jesus emphasized health a lot. Why he didn't talk about exercise, this, I've talked about this before, is because he was fit. Yeah. You, know, you had to walk everywhere. You had to lift everything. There weren't cars. There weren't bicycles. There weren't... You had to really lift, there weren't trucks and cranes, everything was, people were fit. And so he didn't need to talk about people. They didn't live the sedentary lives that we like live we today. Exactly. So the, how important it is as well to exercise, to make sure that we're looking after, it's part of our Christian duty also to talk about that, to make sure people are healthy. And me, again, maybe I go the extra vanity mile, but I think so important for us. And this is why I, I, on my social media, I talk so much about exercise and I give exercise programs and I show what I'm eating. Mind you, I ate a cake a few days ago and I posted about that. I got more comments about did the you cake really? <laughs> than I did about my, my healthy diet. So, but yeah, it's, it's everything is in balance. Okay. But just make sure, again, it's a part of the the way we show that we are honoring God is also, and living in the resurrection is also by looking after our body, mind, and soul. Yeah. Um, I guess the next point, um, what the resurrection calls us to do, it calls us to be a carrier of hope in like in difficult situations, you know? So um, that gospel is talking about you'll be protected um, from deadly perils, those snakes and, and from the poison of the world. So as Christians, you know, we're called to be that carrier of hope. Um, doesn't matter what's surrounding us, we know that we are, um, in a sense, protected by the power of the resurrection. Yes, and because we need, he says this, you will um, pick up snakes and you will um, drink poison. 
and, and no harm will come to you. Now, there are people who take that literally and would go and drink poison <laughs> and see, let's see if God really works, you know, and or, or carry deadly snakes. No, he was, first of all, giving the example, the author was giving the example of the early Christians being thrown into snake pits and being given poison to be silenced. And so he was talking about that, but he was also acknowledging that God is capable of preserving us from things like that miraculously. That's right. And even being, it's not just um, being a carrier of hope, but also being able to maintain peace when it feels like the world yes. outside of you is is crumbling. It's like we're claiming that power of the resurrection over our lives and, and God's enabling us to maintain that peace. And that is the power of the resurrection. Mm. The snakes, people, are, uh, vipers in this world, you know, people who are malice filled and, and the evil and even Satan himself, you know, the, that's, the snake is the symbol of the demonic of this, uh, like they can come our way and they can bite us even, they can hurt us, but they cannot take our peace away, they cannot take our joy away, they can uh, sort of, we can give in, the only way we're going to give in to the evil one and let it affect us if, is if we focus on it too much. Yeah. We are so much greater in the resurrection than any persecution or any difficulty that might come our way. Yeah, and I guess because of the resurrection, as a Christian, we are never alone. No. You know, God, um, Jesus commissioned the, the disciples to, to go and tell everybody, but he also said, I will be with you um, until, the ends, until the end of the age. Yeah. Yes, and we have the same power, this very same power. I mean, just look look at your hands right now. You see, your hands, in your hands right now, in Jesus' name, you have the same power that Jesus had. You have the very same power that raised Christ from the dead. The problem is it's very often not activated. It's not used because we don't, first of all, we don't recognize the power, but second of all, we don't step out in faith yeah. of the resurrection and pray. I, can I just say something about praying for healing? I love to pray for healing, and I believe that um, if we pray for healing, God hears. And I, we see that during our Sunday Masses. We receive countless testimonies of people being physically healed, emotionally healed, and miraculously healed as well. But very often we don't do it because we think of the what if. What if God doesn't heal? What yeah. if God doesn't do that? And one of the things, and this is a secret I've learned, is... One of the ways that I've learned to step out in faith is to pray for animals. <laughs> hey. So whenever my dog is sick or whenever my dog is, I just, I just, um, or even a goldfish that was dying, you know, I, I would pray over this goldfish. And I've seen so many miracles, even with animals. And sort of that started to build my faith as well yeah. in praying. Because it's difficult to say someone like with a, a limp and say, do you mind if I pray for healing for you? Because what if they don't get healed? Yeah. But if you've seen it happen before, you can step out in faith. Sometimes God heals, sometimes God doesn't. But we are, our responsibility is not to heal everyone, but to pray for healing. Yeah. And to, uh, th anyway, that's a side note that has, I don't know how relevant it is. Okay, so we're going to end this section here. And we're going to uh, just hear this over to Georgia. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program, where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com slash donate.
That's it. So if you have um, the ability to support this ministry and become a ministry partner, we'd love you to be part of our team here. So let's... Um, so let's... Dad joke. Me a joke. Okay, that joke. Why don't eggs tell jokes? Don't know. <laughs> You're not amused. You just <laughs> I just see the eye roll like oh, I, don't, I don't know. Just tell me. <laughs> well, why don't eggs tell jokes? Well, they'd crack each other up. Ah, oh, okay. Good one, good one. Okay. Not bad. We'll do a boom. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, so we'll go to Three, two, one. It's time for Saint Me a Picture. Saint Me a Picture. This week we are talking all about Saint John. Um yeah, as part of the resurrection, St. John was one of the people who stayed by Jesus at the cross. Um, a faithful guy, at a least. A faithful guy, yeah. Ooh, so, we found one, thank God. Yes. St. <laughs> John, the redemption of, 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 the men, of us men. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Patron saint of love, loyalty, there we go, loyalty, friendships and authors um, and also hospitals yes. as well. Um, so one of the 12 apostles of Jesus um, the author of the three letters of John and the Gospel of John, he had a very leading role in the early church. Um, he was part of the inner circle of the intimate disciples with Peter and James. Again, I've already said this, one of the only disciples not to run away from Jesus in the hour of his passion. So he stood faithfully at the cross where Jesus actually made him the guardian of his mother. Um, and John was also one of the longest, the longest living disciple, and the only one to not die a martyr's death. So he Ooh. died in Ephesus around about the year AD ninety-eight. So um, Saint John the Apostle. Yes, pray for us. Pray for us. Um, canonized in sixteen ninety. Took a while, eh? Mm, far out. Yeah, Pope Alexander the five, six, seven, eight. Okay. <laughs> I have to count the numbers. I wrote it in Ro Roman numericals. I love St. John as well because he also is um, the Knights of Malta, took him on the hospitaliers, which is St. John's Ambulance, which is the Maltese the Maltese cross, which you can see here. That's a Maltese cross. Oh, he's drawn a little picture. Very nice. Yes. I'm, I'm a very good artist. Okay. So. <laughs> Topic of the week. Topic. This week, I mean... I think it's pretty obvious we're talking all about the resurrection and, and what difference does the resurrection actually make in our lives? I think we'd be silly to say the resurrection is the be-all and end-all of our faith. If yes. this didn't happen, we nothing wouldn't. we do makes sense. Exactly. So there was a, a movie um, called something, The Rose or Bones, I don't know. It, it was an old movie and it um, talked about, um, it was about the fact that um, this historian found the bones of Jesus. Okay. And it's a, it's a fictional movie. And what happens, basically, long story short, is that all these priests um, leave the priesthood and some end their own lives. And they, because they're wow. all, all that they believed was in yeah. was a lie. Yeah. And this is how important and significant <laughs> the resurrection is, you see, because without the resurrection, it is all a lie. It, it makes no sense. So the, the central fact of all our Christian belief is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, then we have nothing to proclaim. Yeah. Um, and we've spoken about this on a podcast before. At the end of the year, we did a little bit of a Catholicism 101 podcast, and we spoke about the difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. Now, what the resurrection does is it makes Jesus is more than just a historical figure. He's a living 
person, a living presence, and we can have a relationship with him because of the resurrection. Yes. And there's a big difference, as you know, between mm. knowing about someone and knowing something. T tell me, look, I'm tr a little trivia. I'm going to okay. tell me what you know about Lady Gaga. I know she wears funky costumes and she was in that movie A Star Is Born and I like to sing her song Shallow. Yes. Tell me something that you know personally about her. Um... No, no. She's. I know she suffers from uh, like a motor neuron disease as Ooh, well. I didn't know that. That's in her documentary. I know, like she, um, she has a boyfriend now. I forgot his name, but okay. she was feeding him Doritos in public last week. So we know a lot. Uh, you can know a lot about Lady Gaga, yeah. especially if she's on social media. There's the media, and they kidnapped her dogs as well recently, okay. and they shot the dog walker, who was anyway. There's a lot to find out about Lady Gaga. I thought you'd know a little no, bit more. No, I've, I've been off social media. Um, I just well, sing her songs. I don't really follow her life, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> well, that's why I mentioned it, because I know you sing her songs. But there's a lot we can know about Lady Gaga. But if I were to walk up to her driveway at her house in LA, I even know I could know where she lives. You know, if what would in all probability, she wouldn't open the gates for me. Probably not. Probably not. And just saying, Father Rob, don't you know? I'm Father Rob, don't you know who I am? <laughs> no, she just wouldn't because she know I know about her, but I don't know her. Yeah. And it's the same with with the res what the resurrection does is it opens those gates, those doors, and allows us in. I never forget once watching um, when Pope Benedict became Pope. Yeah. And, you know, there were all the bishops and the priests and all the staff coming to meet Pope Benedict and they were shaking his hand and, and they were kissing his ring and congratulating him. And he, you could tell he was tired, you know, he was tired. And after a whole hours and hours of people coming to greet him and congratulate him, all of a sudden, the, while he was on screen, his face lit up, his face lit up. And he was obviously he had seen someone he knew. He knew, yeah. And he, this person, who this person was, is the Archbishop of Malta, who's uh, actually technically my bishop. And he just walked up to him, and and then instead of shaking hands, they had a hug, and then mm. they had they spoke for a moment, and you could tell all of a sudden, like he would, Pope Benedict was at home again, you know, like yeah. for just that short moment, he was at home again. And this again is what the resurrection does for the Christian. It brings us home. It allows us to feel joy, to feel solace in this life, having this relationship with, with Christ. Jesus is not a historical figure. He's someone who's alive, who we can grow in relationship with, in truth with, in understanding with, in excitement of life of love with. Yeah, and you said before that the resurrection opens up the doors to this relationship. It also opens up the doors of eternity for us, you know, as as Catholics, we believe in the resurrection of the body, um, and so we know that when we die, it's not the end; it's it's a new beginning because we know that our souls um, live forever. Um, and so, yeah, Jesus's resurrection mm -hmm. um, enabled him to eventually ascend to heaven and prepare a place in heaven for for us. So it's an it's an invitation for us to, yeah, to join him. Yes, and so this is the Christian faith and makes the fact that the Christian faith is alive. And once we're, it's alive, it's alive also because he was the first fruit. He opened, he's displancare, the Pope Franz, uh, Pope um, John Paul II, um, uh, the first, his first speech as well. I don't know why I'm saying the first speech as first moments as Pope, but he says he slam open the doors of, for Christ, he says, yeah. as Christ has slammed open the doors for us to get into heaven. Yeah. 
And so this is what he has done. And if there was no resurrection, then we have nowhere to go. There's no hope of our eternal life. So the resurrection is the hope of every Christian, that we know we don't live for this world, but we live for an eternity of joy, of living with the resurrected Christ. Yeah. Speaking of the world and and um, heaven, the resurrection, it, it changes everything for us. It, it changes our focus. So um, there's a verse, it's it's in Colossians verse, um, chapter 3, verses 1. It says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So really, our focus should be on the things that are of heaven. It shouldn't be on the things that are of earth. And I guess if we really have been changed by the resurrection, we we wouldn't be seeking the things of the world. And so to be a true witness of Jesus, our life needs to reflect this, setting our mind on things that are above. Yes, and living for the resurrection, uh, the eternal life. Okay, so here we're going to um, listen a little bit about our online courses. We have some really exciting new courses available, but again, hand over to the pre-recorded Georgia with us. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more, with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. Speaking of courses, we, Father Rob said we've got some new online courses and I want to quickly talk to you about this new course that we have called Introduction to the Bible. We've been working on this for the last few months and we long, are so... Long time. A long time. Super excited that this is finally um, out there to the world. We've got, we are, we're very lucky to be joined by biblical scholar Father Brian Boyle who will walk us through um, what is the Bible, what the Bible is not, the Old Testament, the New Testament, how to read the Bible, how you can pray with the Bible. There are so many amazing things in this course, testimonies from other young Catholics on how the Bible has impacted their life. We've got downloadable resources. What else? Uh, look, and it's also, look, it, it, this is an advanced course. It is. Uh, but not to put you off, but if you want some meat, if you want something substantial and you just don't want, even the, what we do in this podcast, this is great, but this is like a whole other level scripture. It's it's theology. And Reverend Dr. Brian Boyle is a specialist in, in scripture. We got the best people over there to, to teach you because we really want you to grow in the resurrection knowledge of, uh, and impact of, of the scriptures. That's right. I mean, I always say this on the podcast that I'm still learning as I, uh, as I study for this podcast, putting the, helping put this course together. I learned a lot myself. And so I'm so excited for us to be able to share this with you. So um, 
be sure to go to courses.frgministry.com and sign up for that course. And if you don't want to sign up for the individual course, you can also subscribe to our online courses. So it, like I think at the moment, instead of, um, I don't know, it's like $19 and you can subscribe to all of our courses, um, $19 a month. Um, and get access to to all we have done and all we will have um, uh, developed because we have another course coming on the Holy Mass. So, so exciting. So anyway, but we have a free giveaway. We do have a free giveaway. Please, um, Father Rob and myself, we both use this app. It's called the Hello app and it's a, it's a prayer app and it's they have everything on there. They have rosaries. They have um, Divine Mercy Chaplet, Bible stories. They've um, special things that are related to St. Joseph. There's just... So much stuff on this app. Things to help you sleep, which I also am part of as well. So I've recorded for Hello as well. I've got, if uh, one is coming up, actually, you'll hear me read the scripture in a way that is so quiet like this to to help you go to sleep. It's a bit creepy, I think. I'll have to check that out. (laughs) Um, But no, this app is amazing. You can put some um, background music. You can have Gregorian chant. You can have ambient music. There's just so many amazing options. Um, so the people at Hello um, have partnered with us and they've we've got two free subscriptions to this app to give Ooh. away. Oh, I know. Very exciting. So go to our Instagram page, Catholic Influencers underscore, and check out our Hello giveaway post for all the details on how to enter. And Facebook, Catholic Influencers, or it's just on Instagram? Just on Instagram, the giveaway. Okay. But if you want to check out our Facebook, you can. Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Influencers. Twitter, Cath Influencers. Um, you can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash FRG Ministry. What else? Send us an email, podcast at frgministry.com. We love hearing the, the insights that you gain out of our podcasts. Um, and our general podcast website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. I think I got them all. Very good. And also, if you feel blessed by this ministry and don't want to be a ministry partner, just want to support us one-off, go to frgministry.com forward slash donate. Um, we are dependent. This min- this podcast is supported entirely by your support. So thank you for those who have given. Thank you to our ministry partners. We owe so much to you. We're so grateful for you. And we pray for you all the time. Also, Sunday Masses, join us, frgministry.com forward slash mass. We wish you a wonderful and holy Resurrection Sunday, Easter season. And again, remember the time change here in Australia. For those of you who are joining us, or did that happen? Yeah, um, we'd like to, to um, yeah, to don't for those of you who follow the Sunday Mass. God bless you, and we'll see you again next week. Happy Easter.